Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of marketing, sales, and tech so that you can cut through all the noise, know which developments you should be paying attention to, and ultimately become a better marketer. Today is Wednesday, November 28th, 2018, and I'm Sean here with Ryan and Tim. How's it going, guys? Hey. Pretty good. Yeah? Good yeah. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, oh, was, yeah, that was last week, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a blur. So if you listened last week, um, you will be horrified to know that uh, Tim has an interesting Thanksgiving tradition. I do. Every Thanksgiving, once the turkey comes out of the oven, I bounce up the stairs and <laughs> rip the cover off of the pan with the wonderful oven mitts that my grandmother left my grand my mother uh-huh. and uh, dig into the turkey neck, just like like animal style, like a like a animal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's set wonderful. that image aside <laughs> for a moment. Maybe it's delicious. I don't know. Oh, no, no. I, I, I kind of like in my mind, I equate that to like eating the like burnt crispy cheese on like pizza. You, you know, don't like some eat kind that? Of, no, I do. It's, it's wonderful. That's, I mean, it, it's, but that's not like repulsive. It's just, it's just it's, tasty. It's wonderful <laughs> roasted meat that gets kind of crispy because it's in the bottom of the pan with all the drippings. All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, All right. See what I deal with, everyone. So each week we (laughs) right. You have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was good. good. Nothing turkey neck like, but no, it was normal, straight up. You know. Yeah. Family. Yeah. Food. So um, every week we go through the latest news developments, interesting content, anything that caught our attention. Try to break it down so that you guys know what you need to to know, um, and try to give you some action items from from that information. Um, so we'll save you some time, give you the highlights and I will take the first article today. So this came from David, let me find his name here, David, uh, Peralta on hotjar.com. They did an interesting study. They surveyed over, well, I don't know if it's over, but they surveyed 2000 customer experience or CX professionals to get the state of their customers, uh, their company's customer experience strategies, methods, goals, and obstacles. So for those who don't know. Customer experience, according to the article, refers to a customer's perception of their overall interactions with a company. So as a CX professional, you are likely tasked with improving the overall customer's perceptions of your company. How is it different that than user experience? That makes a lot of sense. Oh, well, that's, a, that's a topic for another day, but there's some very <laughs> close. I, okay. I, so customer... <laughs> another will probably day is today. Correct me here, but so I think the difference is user experience that you're more kind of focused on users of a digital product typically. Okay. That's how it's often kind of thrown around. Whereas Mm -hmm. customer experience might be a little bit broader. That is what is the experience like when you're on the phone with your customer support team um, or working with the the salesperson or it's like with the objective of walking to a storefront. Yeah. Including the user experience on like the web or gotcha. digital products. Okay. That's how makes I sense. would yeah. think of it. That makes sense. So I think that's the difference. Um, but of course, in, in our world, we're often thinking about the, the digital experience here. Um, Hotjar, of course, is a pretty awesome tool for collecting customer feedback so that you could improve the overall user experience of your website or whatever it might be. So would make sense that they did this. Yeah, I have to say, I don't know why, for some reason, it really surprises me that there are 2,000 customer experience professionals. <laughs> I, I w- that just seems like a very high number to me. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Tim hey, just I hit the table. The sorry. <laughs> um, so the article, um, you know, like I said, they interviewed 2,000 people and they attempted to uncover the one thing customer experience leaders are prioritizing. 
the main drivers and methods they use to create and execute their CX strategies, the biggest obstacles that keep them from achieving their goals, and what they're doing to overcome those obstacles, and the number one frustration customers face throughout their overall experience. Lots of interesting data. I'm not going to go through all the, um, the ins and outs of it, but there are some takeaways at the end of the article, and we do love takeaways. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, so you feel incentivized to actually read the article. I'm not going to give you all of them. But um, I thought it was interesting that many of them said you should avoid getting distracted by shiny objects and overhyped new technologies. And you should double down on the old school methods, such as talking to customers, doing market research, and bringing talented team members on board. So I think that, yeah, I mean, when people are ready, or I know when I'm, at least when I'm ready to make a purchase, I want to get on the phone. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. My, um, usually don't though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I I think we've talked about this on recent episodes, but um, unfortunately, a, a lot of marketers, salespeople, CX professionals, whoever they are, they don't actually talk to their customers. Um, in, in previous roles that I've had, um, I, I've asked like my boss, hey, can I talk to our customers so I can get some firsthand feedback? No, you can't talk to the customers. <laughs> talk to sales team. They'll usually be like, no, 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 no. Marketing can't talk to our customers. You know, I got to manage those relationships. Like that happens a lot, maybe more often than you, you might think. Um, so unfortunately, most marketers, um, most product people, they never, never, like never actually meet or talk to a customer, which is disastrous. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah. Well, so because then you're just, you're making assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for starters, if you're not in some form or another getting feedback from your customers, start there. Maybe that is picking up the phone and calling them. Maybe it's just engaging with them via email. Um, but ideally, you're going to have some structured way to collect feedback that could be polls, surveys on your website that could be, um, you know, setting up a survey monkey survey, whatever it is, just get that feedback and you'll be rocking and rolling. Rock and roll. Don't worry about this stuff until you're doing that, but read it. Cause it's a really cool article. Love it. Yeah. Tim, um, what do you got? Oh, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan's uh, got something for Yeah. Me. This is, this caught my eye just because it's definitely a path that I want to go down. Um, if, what, what are you shaking your head at? Um, so the title of the article is specializing as an SEO growing as an SEO, which let's just start there. I, I wish it was like SEO specialist. I don't like how SEO is just a title, but besides the point. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. (laughs) Sean just handed me a a small, very tiny glass of uh, water over here. Mm. Okay. Anyways. Um, so it starts off by saying, what skills do you need as an SEO? I have some ideas on what would be useful. It's far from the truth, but some of the skills that I see always come in handy. These are some of the examples that are on my list and what I usually look for. So uh, if you, and and this is for like someone that wants to move into a new role or help their own team improve their own SEO efforts. Um, And these are just some of the things that you should look out for if you want to improve on any of those skills. First in the bucket is web analytics. Uh, so tool using tools like Google analytics, there's a bunch of others out there. Um, just being able to analyze data and understanding what is happening. Um, and then being able to show what, what works and why and showing the change in your data. So that's something we do all the time. Uh, if we're trying to prove something to maybe a client or prove something to each other, we might show a graph from Google analytics or search console or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Understanding the funnel, so we talk about that all the time. Like understanding awareness, consideration to dis- to decision, 
I think that's that's critical. I think a lot of people um, think of SEO as, I don't know, like they're, they're, so when to me, I don't know if this is what the author meant, but when I if I were to tell somebody they got to think about the full funnel, the point I'm trying to make is that these are people doing searches who are on a broader journey, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a story, they have something that triggered that journey that they went on. They have a place that they're trying to get to. Um, but you need to be thinking about the whole journey from start to finish. Right. When you think about your SEO efforts. Um, so if you're optimizing a page, where does this page fall in that user's journey? What came before it? What came after? Cause you really can't do SEO if you're not thinking right. about all aspects there. Right. Well, and I mean, just as important, so often when people think about SEO, they're thinking about just like broadening their reach and attracting more traffic yeah. right. to a page or the website. Right. Yeah. But if the rest of the funnel isn't built out or if it's built out poorly, mm-hmm. what's the point? Right. Right. It's, I mean, and I think he, he kind of goes into it a little bit later in the article and talks about the different types of SEO. And I think that kind of speaks to that point, Tim. It's like cool. knowing, knowing where to go. So definitely a good read. Uh, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes, but if you're looking to improve your own marketing efforts or just kind of move into a different role, and you find SEO interesting, some of the things to think about. Cool. cool. Who's up next? Am I up next? Cool. Yes, sir. All right. So this week, um, actually just earlier today, uh, an article over on Search Engine Journal caught my eye. This one was um, titled, Google Hides Search Engine Result- Search Results for Some Queries That Involve Time, Calculations, and Unit Conversions. Uh, it's by Matt Southern um, for Search Engine Journal. Um, just to quote the article, um, they, what, what they observed, um, I, I believe just over the course of doing some random searches and observing this on their own, was um, Google has begun hiding full search results for certain types of queries and providing only the direct answers instead. This change appears to be affecting queries that involve time in different cities, um, math calculations, and unit conversions. Uh, that being said, if there are possible other interpretations of a query, then Google will return, will still, is still returning, um, the full set of search results. Um, and the article, which we'll of course link to in the show notes, um, has a couple of really interesting visuals showing the search results page, um, Mm. what, what it actually looks like, but what does this actually mean? Google is flexing their muscles. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, it just goes to show us that Google can and is perfectly willing um, to remove search right. results from from the the, the search results page um, <laughs> if they want to. Um, if, yeah. if and there there does seem to be a reason behind it, and that is you know making um, it easier for the the searcher to get their job done. If a searcher is looking for the time in Calcutta, they just want the time in Calcutta. They don't need, for right. example, um, a bunch of different web results. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's obviously going to have a negative impact on, um, different publishers, different websites that rely on those clicks for say ad revenue or or whatnot. Um, so though it appears that this is, is limited to just specific searches, um, right now, who knows what this could look like in the future in the year or two, um, as Google sort of works out the kinks of what queries really deserve. Um, a full set of SERP results. I never know how to say that. Um, and which ones are just going right. to go with an answer. Right. So if you're creating content and you should be, um, my suggest, our suggestion would be that you go deep. 
Um, yeah. D- don't just try to, an- don't just answer a question um, or, or don't just superficially answer a question. Um, aim to speak to something a little bit further beyond the obvious and you'll probably be okay. Yeah. I mean, where does it stop? You know, it's, I, I, I miss football games all the time. And when I Google, what was the score of the, I don't know, the Lions game or whatever, is Google only going to show me the score? Like, what about all the news reporters that are reporting on that game, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. It's inter- it, interesting. Yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. Who's cool. up next? Tim, you got this. You're the content guy. The content guy? What's the I, article, guys? I, <laughs> uh, what, what to do with your old blog posts? So I didn't read it, so I'm not going to summarize it. <laughs> Who published it? This uh, was... Uh, this is on Moz. Lauren Taylor from Moz. Yeah. Interesting. So I'll, I can take it if you guys want. Did you read it? I read it. I read all these. <laughs> well, what, give me the three things. What, what, did, uh, what did she recommend? So it's basically saying that you need to do a little spring cleaning on your website mm-hmm. um, and asking yourself main questions like, is this content beneficial for your users, beneficial for your company? Is it even good? We have we published content all, or way back in the day that has, you know, nothing that we would ever do now, um, and is it causing issues throughout the site? And when you go through your posts and find something that is deemed good enough to put in the keep pile, you want to do four things: you want to improve, expand, update, and promote. So as soon as you do make those changes, maybe update some links, get some internal linking going, maybe just make it better. Yeah, you're adding alt text or I don't know a bunch of different stuff. Uh, you want to put that out there for everyone to see and maybe republish it so it's, you know, a little bit easier for Google to find. I've been talking about this a lot lately. Probably because um, we've been doing it a lot lately. Well, so I, I I think your approach to this is going to vary based on a number of things. How long have you been producing content? Right. You know, have you been doing it for a year? Have you been doing it for 10 years? At what rate have you produced that content? So do you have 100 blog posts? Do you have thousands? Um so there's no like automatic rule of thumb that, um, you know, every three months you need to, you know, update, refine, or eliminate five blog posts, right? Um, but maybe, like, so just as a hypothetical, let's say you've been publishing for years and you've been consistently publishing uh, one new article a week. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would do at this point is, because you've got this massive library of content, um, shift things up a little bit and say, okay, for 2019, we are going to publish one new article a month that is really in depth, really interesting and some of the best stuff we ever did. Um, and for the other three weeks, we are going to go back to our older content and bring it up to today's standard. So you just cycle through that. And what I would probably do there is start at the bottom of the barrel, um, and just see, uh, you know, what is currently getting no traffic whatsoever is just like, you know, weighing down it's clutter on the website that we need to get rid of. Can I just immediately delete it, delete that crossed off the list, go to the next one, delete it, crossed off the list, go to the next one. This is actually pretty good. It's not getting the traffic I expected it would get to. I'm going to choose to optimize that. And that's going to be the second article I published that month. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you just kind of systematically go through it, wipe out a few more, go to the next one, pick the next one you're going to publish and optimize you just kind of cycle through and then eventually you'll have cleaned out all the clutter and then you can start all over again. <laughs> you can start all over again, but then you can get back into a more like healthy right. rhythm right now. If you haven't been publishing for years and years and years, and you don't have thousands of 
um, articles. Um, there's, I think, a few things that you want to do there. Um, you still want to go back to your oldest stuff and say, does this follow our current standards? Can it be improved? Can it be optimized? But the other thing you could start to do is look at the stuff you published two months ago. So where is that ranking? Is it currently ranking number four? Can we give it a little bit of a dust off here to just get it to, you know, push it over the edge, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily republish that content. Don't present it as something new. Do you think that's a good time frame? Like give something at least two months before revisiting it? Yeah. Um, now, if you're a very authoritative website, your content may skyrocket to the, the first page of search results in a week or two. Um, if you're a smaller site, like most sites are, could take you months, right? So, but you want to wait and get some traction first, see how, you know, have see some how data it's performing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but cool. overall, it's good. Yeah. Good thing to do. So check yep. it out. That's it. Right, guys? Yeah. Cool. So we got a uh, lightning round. We do. Yeah. First one on the list is Google Maps Biz Reviews now allow for hashtags. I saw that. That's why interesting. Maybe if you're <laughs> trying to search for a hashtag best cheeseburger ever. Do people, uh, I just, no, I don't get no, it. No, no, people don't. I'd, I've only ever used a hashtag on Twitter, Twitter, whatever the correct okay. pronunciation of that startup is called. Um. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think anyone will use it, but hey. Is it um, a hint that they're adding something, maybe? I I don't think so. I don't know. It might just be them trying to get some more value out of um, Google, you know, what they've learned from Google+. Plus. Mm. Google+, Plus used hashtags, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, built in some, in some way. Um, number two on the list, Amazon makes its machine learning courses available for free. I like free. Yeah, and it's just, you know, what? Amazon. Oh. Well, I mean, Google, uh, Google, Amazon wouldn't be offering their machine learning courses for free if Amazon wasn't going to benefit from there being more people skilled in machine learning development. So I'm curious as to what their play is. Aren't they rolling out new products there? They're always rolling out new products. I think so. Why Apple remove the headphone jack? I'm, I haven't read this so article. So annoyed. But I, I can't tell you how often, like, I'm I, like, hey, I found new headphones. Yeah. Hey, no guys, guess guess what kind of phone has the headphone jack? Yeah, oh, shut up. No, I just, I Galaxies. upgraded from a 6S to the, device? to the 10R over the Thanksgiving weekend, and I lost my headphone jack. Interesting. Hate it. Last one is Instagram lets users share audio from SoundCloud to Stories. What that could mean for our own podcast, guys. So they're kind of doing what you're doing manually. Yep. Oh. Maybe they learned from watching Sean be really frustrated. Well, I, I knew. <laughs> so I saw the other day that HubSpot was uh, creating a, a video version of their growth show, their podcast. Yeah. Everybody steal my idea. Beth. <laughs> so we, we, we worked backwards from video to podcast. Now everyone's working from podcast to video. Yeah, right. Yeah, go figure. Yep. All right. Cool. So that's it. We'll be back next week with more goodies. So In- be sure to. Check it out for the very first episode of de- in December, which is just horrifying. Mm-hmm. We'll have jingle bells in the background. Yay. <laughs> Tim scoffing in yes. the background. All right. If you enjoyed it, uh, check out the, the show notes. You'll get links to everything we talked about. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening device. And you can get a Pepperland mug. Yeah. If you do that and you tell us about it, you will. We will send you a mug. And a high five. And a high five. Hear that, Justin? You got to, you got to, Leave us a review. Cool. 
We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.